0: Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC, Current and Critical. A 20-minute, high-intensity episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the themes of the day. Hello, I'm sitting here with Mr. Jay Poulter. Harry how are you, Jay? How are you doing?
1: Excellent. We're doing fabulous, Jay.
0: Excellent. We've, we've put some work into this. You and I have been playing a little. We went back and forth, back and forth, and here we finally sit.
1: We have ideas, things we want to talk about. We do,
0: so we, we, stayed, we, stayed, we stayed the course. Well, give us
1: the audience. Uh, who's Jay Poulter? Uh, Jay Palter uh, was born and raised in Toronto. Moved out west to Edmonton in 2009 with his family, and uh, found somehow found his way to Calgary. Oh, well, I, welcome! <laughs> thank you very much. I enjoy being here. I enjoy the West. I am uh, a B two B digital marketing expert, focus on building relationships and nurturing um, what I consider to be our most valuable business asset, our, our business network, and social media and social networks. Excellent.
0: So you've been doing this for many, many years in one form or another?
1: You know, I um, I started this work uh, really when I came out West. I had been in the financial services business and in insurance, um, and I had been in tech before that. So when I came out West, I decided to focus on uh, a consulting practice around uh, helping businesses uh promote themselves, sell themselves, and more importantly, build relationships with influencers. In and from
0: space. an industry perspective, am I correct that you work
1: primarily or a main focus in the fintech space? I have fallen into the fintech space, partly because I had a mid-life, midlife you know, career uh, foray in, in financial services and uh, made a lot of contacts there. But um, yeah, in the, in the last 10 years, I've really focused in financial services and tech, increasingly AI companies and um, trying to sell... Difficult to describe in complex products to other businesses.
0: Interesting. in industries that are often led by highly technical individuals where getting the messaging out isn't always the strongest suit or sometimes even seen as valuable.
1: <laughs> well, a business, it's always important that you know, uh, you know what you know, that you have technical expertise that you're selling. But it also matters who you know and how you sort of build those relationships. And oftentimes the technical people aren't the best at that part of the business.
0: No, and I've uh, running a marketing company in Calgary, we've had a lot of clients with engineering backgrounds, accounting backgrounds, finance backgrounds. And the first meeting is just even selling them on the idea of a convincing idea. Right. <laughs> as, as funny as that sounds, you're selling what you're selling. It's March, what is it, March 11th today, March 12th? It is March
1: 12th, I believe.
0: Based on what we're talking about, I feel it's relevant. I don't usually drop a date because we're going to air this in a few days, but we're talking about the importance, the need, the realities of we're living in a coronavirus, COVID-19 world right now that is um, undetermined. We don't know where it's going to go. It's changing by the minute. We are going to talk about the need, I think, which is going to become more important than ever, and I think you, you mentioned that, of social networking and what we need to do. To supplement these personal hand, like literally belly, we need to get belly to belly with our customers. Oh, we can't do that anymore. What what do we do? What do we have in place? And the social networks are there. You're an expert in that. So let's dive right in. What's your, what's your perspective?
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan and have been for many years of businesses getting online, not just to market and to spend time in social networks, really nurturing relationships with people. As I said, I advocate that your business network is a very important asset, maybe the most important asset. Um, You know, if you look at, there's a diagram I talk about, uh, there's... Social capital, financial capital, um, and uh, human capital, and those three kinds of capital are really important to running any business. And social capital is what you can get through the relationships you have, and your and but I would argue social networks today uh, offer you a great opportunity to nurture, build, nurture your social capital, and and ultimately to to monetize that social capital or transfer it into some form of business uh, benefit to you. So today we're facing you know a health public health situation increasingly where we're limited. In, in where we go to meet, how many you know are we meeting people, conferences are being cancelled, travels being curtailed or postponed, and we need to continue to build relationships in order to support our businesses and social networks are offering us this amazing tool to to do that every day from our homes and The problem I find is that a lot of people are not comfortable doing that. And, and don't really know how to leverage it to their greatest, their greatest advantage.
0: It's so interesting. This is an observation I had a few many years ago as I got into this business. And I saw you – because know, you work primarily in B2B. We do a lot of work, probably 50-50 in Calgary, maybe 60% in the, B2, in the B2C, B2B space. And it always amazed me that I saw B2B as highly resistant to a lot of these social networking platforms. Yet, those were the individuals that I saw also traded so highly on the quality of relationships that they had from account management, being long term nurturing of a deal, of a, of a relationship that led to high values exchange of products for services for money. But yet, they all of a sudden got these tools that allowed them to be even more connected with their audience and they shunned it. Mm-hmm. Where the B2C community used to be once I brought my to- bought my toothbrush and went home, that vendor. Or that whoever it might be didn't have an opportunity to engage with their customer, and all of a sudden, when they got access to that, they jumped all over it. But I always found it was a little bit ass backwards, to be honest. It's like, guys, this is what you do and how you do business, we've given you a technology platform to do it, but yet you dismissed it. And you guys, some blanket statements here it was dismissed as like, ah, oh, it's a fad, it's not, it's never going to replace the face to face, but that's clearly not what's happening right now.
1: No, but it, you, you raise an important point, which is many folks I talk to in the B2B space will point out that their customers, the sort of target prospects they have, are not spending time in social networks. Yes, so I why should they story. be spending time there? And, and And so, I mean, that's a relevant point, but it sort of misses part of the point, which is there are people that are there. So there are people that self-select to be in social networks. And you shouldn't ignore them because they are, in many ways, the way of the future, the way of doing business in the future. The
0: trend is moving that direction. We can't deny
1: that. Right. So maybe your target prospects aren't there, but, but what, who are there are influencers in, in the market space that you work. So the people that are online are, are tastemakers, are trendsetters, are people who are providing insight and observation uh, to the industry that, in fact, influence the people who are making buying decisions in your industry. And those are the people you should be focusing your attention on. So I mean, you can call them influencers. They're in many ways they're 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 centers of of insight, and more importantly, they're centers of network distribution and reach. So yes. I always think, you, you know you can call them influencers. You can have a big debate about whether somebody really is an influential or a leader in that space, or whether they're just moving content you know, effectively through the network around this topic. Right. So they have a bunch of people that follow them that are interested in the area that you may be working and selling into, and they're moving content effectively through the network. So they're more important in many ways than others who might be prospects, but are not active distributors of, of information in the network. So we want to focus on these these influencers, these tastemakers, the people that help prospects and and people you're trying to sell products and services to make business decisions. It's interesting.
0: I haven't heard this statistic for a while, but I know used to be it was very much like, you know, ninety ninety five percent of people on the internet consume, only five percent contribute. Have you seen that shift as people realize more the power of having a voice and actually thought leadership?
1: I I don't know that I've seen it shift. I I do think there's a democratization of thought leadership. So there's a lot Uh of people out there who are, you know, there's more people trying to be thought leaders. You know, being a thought leader, being an influencer, is very—it's a subjective decision. You 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 decide somebody is. They don't they don't basically brand themselves that way. I mean, this is the people of,
0: that do. I find don't get as much traction. Well, they're, they
1: are kind of missing the point. Which <laughs> did you is, just
0: use the word guru? Did you call yourself right, a guru? Right. Anyways, let's not get into that. <laughs> right. I mean,
1: people. I mean, people in your community will say this person influences me, right? So it's something that, that is given to you by others, not something you really claim for yourself. That's a really interesting way to put it out there. Yeah, and so I agree with you. It's, mm-hmm. important to, and it's important to recognize it is subjective. I mean, who you pay attention to, who I pay attention to, very different. Yep. Um, you know, and, and that's fine. Like we can each be influenced by different people. And um, so I, I've always emphasized that social networking around this influencer community is around identifying people that have subject matter knowledge, attract other people in the industry that are interested in these topics, and most importantly, move content through a network. So if you want to generate some word of mouth in a B2B setting, then you better be paying attention to the people that have the ear of the audience have some insight about the space and, and, and then not just market to those people but actually build relationships with them can, reach can, out connect to them. With them get to know them because they're not they don't, they're not as transactional it's not like an Instagram influencer who wants to get paid to put a picture of their product and then it's done yeah. you, you know, they, these are people that or the, they, or the
0: next paid post comes along
1: yeah mm-hmm. they have credibility they have an audience they have a relationship with that audience and some, some duty to serve that audience so you have to help them serve their audience you can't just transact by their you know, endorsement. They're often not that interested in being bought And,
0: that and my view is this is really not any different than it's ever been. It's just being able to be amplified because of these digital platforms. Like, if you work in a certain industry, you know who kind of the person is that has the info or the company that's doing something innovative. And if you have a relationship with them, you can call them up if you have a problem. If you don't, they're not going to take your call. Right. Uh, social media, I feel it's just... We've just digitized the way every small town works
1: I've ever lived in. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a huge, there's a huge part of that, and that that's why my emphasis is often on personal engagement. As um, not not to say marketing is not a, rel- a relevant activity to do in social networks. Clearly, it is. There's all kinds of advertising opportunities and content marketing. the The fact of the matter is, though, that people do business with people, and they do business with people they know, like, and trust. And social networks give you an opportunity to get below the marketing surface and actually build relationships with people. I mean, people want to understand why you do what you do. They, what motivates you? What you know? What other things matter to you than just selling products and services? Not, to not, not what,
0: not what they want. What you want to sell to them? Like, right. it's doing something for them versus trying to do something to them.
1: Right. People and people want to do. They want to do business with people they feel are making a contribution to their community. They, you know, who are right. leaders in their space, who are um, serving their community. Uh, so I always, you know, I, I advocate you go into social networks with a service mentality. You're you're not there, like, what can I get? You're there, to, what can I do for other people? What can I do to help other people? What can I do to provide insight to businesses who are struggling, whether it has to do with my product specifically or not? I think if you answer questions and solve problems, people will be drawn to you specifically to say, well, what can you do for me? Because you've been helping me in a, other ways so they will come to you interested in what you do. So, I don't. Again, I don't think this is, an, you know, this is an opposite to marketing. I think I think what is a complement that we need to f- learn how to flex our social muscles in social networks in a personal way. We need our leaders to step forward and engage with other influencers in the space. And, and not just be thinking of these as pipes to, to plow, um, you know, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell marketing. Messages.
0: Yes. Well, I read your recent post on LinkedIn and, you know, ABC, we've all had that joke. We've all watched that clip, always be closing, where you change it to always be opening. And opening is a much more servant-based mindset than doing something, again, doing something for someone or doing something to someone. It feels very different on the outside of that, that set up.
1: Right, and it's also, I guess, rethinking the sales funnel. The sales funnel is about, you know, loading people on the top and then winnowing that down to the people who are really likely to buy. And, again, there's nothing wrong with thinking of the world that way from a sales point of view. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, I think if you're looking at throw the funnel out, think of it as a cloud, think of it as a network of people. You're trying to build an audience where there are, um, there's a reason for people to stay connected to you even if they're not buying from you. Yes. Right? And and, and the, the funnel wants to throw those people out and stop paying attention to them because they're not likely to buy from you. Because it looks I,
0: as a cost of opportunity. If I'm paying attention to you and you're not willing to buy in the next three months, then it's you're kind of, quote-unquote, a waste of time. I need to go focus the guy who has the most highest chance of buying in two weeks. Right. And that's but a if, very old-school sales model.
1: But if I build an audience member they may be one step removed from a very highly, a very highly qualified well, prospect. The influencer mindset. And yeah. that person then says, you should talk to Jay because, you know, I've been paying attention to him for a year. He's got a lot of value. He may be able to help you. So the person who's actually the prospect never heard of you, but someone they trust says that they should talk to you. And in my mind, that's
0: one of those quantum leap moments because that person, that piece of earned – credibility can jump you beyond ad campaigns and digital. And all of a sudden you refer, I call you directly. So, the, you know, I have a friend of mine, she used to call that quantum leap. I've never heard of someone, but someone I trust tells me about them. And then I call them. She goes, that's a quantum leap in the world of advertising. Right. <laughs> you don't see one ad and go buy the car tomorrow. It's not how it goes. But a personal referral, it's, it's, it's really the most powerful earned media. We're still humans
1: living in a village at the end of the day. Well, or something happens to me, just literally happened in the last 48 hours. I, I had had a conversation with someone, I can't remember, one to two years ago, really good conversation. That person has a new opportunity uh, where they're looking to build a team. And because of our connection and social networks, we haven't talked for that long at all. you were still top of mind. But I was still there. I'm still visible. The person said, I'm going to set up a call with Jay. We're going to talk about this opportunity. So... So it was a one to two. I mean, it was a lead. I, I, I should have not paid attention to in a traditional right. funnel situation, but it, it, it in an audience situation where there's a cloud of people. I mean, she she saw me because I'm visible all the time, and she yeah. called and we had because you stay top of
0: mind. So arguably, she wasn't a lead. She was just a relationship. Like if you want to take get rid of the sales lingo, yeah. was she a lead? Well, kind of everybody's an opportunity. But right. If everyone's actually a relationship, the other one comes. Right. So what's your advice for? Because I might be listening to this going, oh man, shit, I've been on the sidelines too much. I need to get into this. It's intimidating. It seems overwhelming. I'm maybe more of a senior business leader or maybe I'm someone younger who just has been on social media but it's been much more a recreational approach but I'm moving into the business community. What, what's your advice or kind of words of words of thoughts of wisdom of someone who's in this every day?
1: Well, I think I think you need to approach social networking uh, for a business purposes, you need to approach it as, um, we talked about always be opening, we talked about it, not thinking of it as a sales environment, thinking of it as a right. a as a more of a person-to-person networking environment. The things you would do in a personal networking setting if you were going to a networking breakfast or something are similar things you should be doing in an online social networking strategy. So you shouldn't be pushing your services all the time, you shouldn't be pushing the cards on as many people as possible, you should be exploring... Trying to understand who people are, how you can, how you can help them, and, and what makes them tick, right? What, what, what their personal um, motivation is, and, and, um, and get to know them. Because I think getting to know those people um, is actually one of the best things you can do from a business point of view. If you want to talk tactically speaking and talk about you know this the business social network today is linkedin there's no question about that. i was going
0: we were going to talk about platforms so yeah. yes
1: and i mean i you know i you alluded to an article i wrote recently where i said you know the tools change all the time and they and they do so you can't get to you know things i was doing on twitter last year are not working the same this year because there's a certain movement of B2B interest in social networking to LinkedIn. LinkedIn's really coming into its own.
0: I completely agree.
1: And mm-hmm. um, and so, I, you know, I think the things we did on Twitter, we can now do on LinkedIn in some ways. And I'm think, mm-hmm. trying to figure out ways, you know, there's Twitter chats have been hugely powerful events for getting a lot of activity, a lot of engagement. You know, could we do something on LinkedIn that's kind of a, Coordinated conversation at some point. So we're exploring. again, but bringing community together. Yeah, come exactly. back to some of the, the fundamental pr- the principles there. Mm. So I think, and that's a principle that's huge. Is is you want to engage in social networking as a way that facilitates a community um, value. I mean, you 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 want to help people understand the industry space they're in, not just sell your product. You want to talk about. Um, uh, you want to talk about issues. I mean, there are social issues that we're all dealing with today. There's public health issues we're all dealing with today. Increasingly, you know, people want to be sharing information about how to cope and how to function better in that environment. So that's a service, right? I mean, I think if you approach social networks with a service attitude and try to help people, there there will be all kinds of opportunities that emerge. Um, how you do that is is sometimes tricky if you haven't been in the space, you haven't Spent time in it. You don't. understand. It can be intimidating
0: the, for people coming yeah. in.
1: I've had that conversation with a lot of senior bees. There, like,
0: Tyler. I know I got to get involved. And what are your thoughts on? Because um, we live in a world where we have no lack of content. So, is it about creating your own content, or is, can it also be about curating other people's content with your point of view? Like, what do you recommend? Is each approach can be valid, or sometimes maybe both at the same time?
1: Well, I for a decade have been a huge advocate of curating content. There's a okay. ton of great information out there, and there's so much great information that it actually loses value to people. There's too much of it. Like we have this—we're this <laughs> drowning in a sea of awesome. We, we are, and, and yeah. we can't—we can't see the the signal for the. We can't see the, the the signal in the message. We see a lot of noise. There's so much information, it becomes noisy. So when you distill signal out for people, that's hugely valuable. Whether you write the content or not, that's an act of value creation. Out of of a raw material, which is too much information. It's like a pile of data.
0: If you don't give me insights, I don't really care about the data. I want the insight.
1: If you can do that for me, I'm going to start to associate you with that learning experience. Just saying, you know, I'm sharing the things that I think are worth your time and doing that consistently, just that is helpful to somebody because it also lets me know know your
0: point of view. And all of a sudden, like I start to get to know you. It's funny, even on this podcast, I get feedback where people are like, yeah, Tyler, I know it's about the gas, but you said that thing. It gave me a little insight into the way you think and you get those little feedbacks and you're like,
1: oh yeah, it wasn't about that but people want to see behind the curtain a little bit that's right and so one of the easy it's easy in some ways it's really time and your own filter yeah um i mean writing your own content can sometimes be very challenging so it's easier than that and it's sometimes a non-starter
0: for people so i i
1: love to present that right. there's there is
0: other ways to do
1: that well you're probably already doing it most people in any business are yes. they're reading every day and they're saying this is great this is su- this sucks i'm not going to share it so just Activating on that, like just saying, I'm going to read ten things a day, and I'm going to tell yeah. you two or three that are great. It's building on what you're doing already. Yeah, it's it's huge, and people are mis- I think missing and by not sharing, you're missing this opportunity to. To transfer that the value of that work for you into something that's valuable for your community and for people around you, and that, that's good for your business.
0: Well, and I know myself if I'm reading something with the idea of what's about this is interesting for me to share afterwards, I read a bit better. <laughs> you know, you give and get right away for sure. The cycle is self fulfilling almost immediately.
1: <laughs> well, and I, I have this experience where I don't I can't read anything without thinking about how to share it anytime. Like I could because you've anywhere. trained your mind to filter anywhere. That way. I can be in the most private place looking at something on my phone, thinking, oh, I have to share this right I, I just don't read anything anymore without seeing it as me being a filter and and adding value by just saying it's good i mean it's saying just giving it, your
0: pov a, so, so this so, is worth this is worth your time audience
1: 100 percent.
0: thanks jay i appreciate it i'm gonna go read it now
1: right so that so that's a huge way to create value that's relatively easy though people sometimes need i mean they're running businesses they have day-to-day operational responsibilities they don't i mean they may read stuff but they don't necessarily um, turn that into a feed so you know, you can get help. You can get help from your internal. There's sometimes internal team members that are managing your social media. So a business. There is people out there for can sure. Can get help. Pe- people such as yourself. Well, yeah. and I, I mean, I do it as an external support to organizations. Um, you know, I work for organizations, but I also, I, I think that the the missing value proposition is that no one's helping business leadership leverage their personal business networks. And you know, oftentimes the marketing folks that are doing social media, they kind of draw the line at well, that person can do what they want personally with their LinkedIn account or, or whatever they want to use social yeah, media. Yeah, the C-suite C-suite
0: often gets just pushed over here. Right? Yeah, that's in a different yeah. That's a or right or, point. You're,
1: or a marketing person tends to look at yeah. that as a as a li- potential liability. What are they going to say that might impact? Oh you my know, God! The don't, g- don't give them the microphone. Right. Mm-hmm. So my my point is no. I mean that's not. It is potentially a risk, but of course but you still have to assess. But I hear what you're saying. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The, yes, the, you know your business leadership doesn't have to be the CEO only. It can be somebody, but it's people that are in leadership positions in your organization have have natural networks and have voices. And those, the more that those voices can be aligned with your business, but also be distinct, you know, personal voices that come from within your business. Um, that's really the magic. Sauce, I think, for you have a good marketing plan that's corporately driven. You also have individuals who are sophisticated, savvy social networkers who can distribute and network this content through their networks. Right, because you are capitalizing. Any leadership team I've ever known, they're all
0: heavily connected. They know everybody. That's how they work their way through the, the maze of getting to the positions they're
1: in. But if you keep that locked down, you're not capitalizing on that value for the rest of the organization. Right, and some of the you know the easiest things to do sometimes is just sharing content. I have this feel all the time people are... People always want, you know, they want quantitative metrics, you know, how are we doing with clicks and engagement and reach and all this kind of stuff. And while that's not unimportant, I mean, I I was going to ask you about metrics. So you went there. Thank you. Well, it's an important thing. But, you know, sometimes the anecdotal evidence I get from from people who start sharing more and adding value more is they'll walk into a meeting and someone will say, hey, I've noticed you uh, showing up on LinkedIn more often to me. I mean, you can count up all the numbers you want. That's fine. Count up your numbers. But when a prospect that yes. you walk in to meet with has recognized you and seen you through something you're sharing on social media, I mean, that is more important in many ways than any number of these metrics, right? I mean, it's, it's a real person in the real world who, who, is, who you're more visible to, and that matters in your day-to-day business life. So. You it matters
0: that that so hard. much. We, My business, ClearMotive, we're located right on McLeod Trail in Calgary, for anyone knows. And I'll, so many times I'll meet people and they'll be like, Clear Motive, like, I've heard of you guys. I have a sign that hangs over the road and 150,000 people drive by. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much more comfort is created in the next moment. It's like, yeah, I saw your sign. And, oh, didn't you just post a podcast? And it, immediately you move from like, I just met you to we now are, you're safe. I, you're okay, I know who you are, I know people that know you. It's so simple, but yet it makes a huge difference because we're all assessing risk, as, especially in business. But as humans, who are you? I don't know you. Oh, I've seen you online. I know you. We're good. And we also, as humans, we jump pretty quick to like, oh, no, I read your article. We're, I practically know
1: you. Well, and <laughs> Social media is
0: very strange that way, It's actually. not
1: even only that part. It's this, you know, we used to have Rolodexes. And Rol- it. you know, I mean, you, you're... Maybe you have enough gray in your beard to suggest a few, you're do, familiar yeah. with. The beards what a dead giveaway, isn't is, it? <laughs> right? So we had Rolodexes, which basically were just the contact information on this convenient little spinny thing that you know was easy to get our contacts. Great. Today we have social networks, which are not not just storage of our contact information, but you can see into someone's social network who they're connected to. So when you when you read someone's article, yeah, there's a different layer. Yes, you immediately you're right. see well that person also knows Tyler. That person also knows somebody else I know, and so there's this implicit. Um, social proof or validation of somebody when you see their network, and we all—I mean—we can turn that off with social networks, but we all—LinkedIn does a very on. good job of that. I've had so many people like, "Oh, hey, like, good to meet you.
0: We have like seven connections in common. So right. and so, so and so, and eventually, especially in Calgary, I—I I don't know if you've experienced this, but it is one degree of separation yep. at the most. Right? I think social media just amplifies the small town fact, the small town effect, whatever that might be. So in. We've jumped, we, we started with you know, throwing out the COVID 19 or the, or the coronavirus at the start. How do you see this changing because that's we're talking about it as this is, a, this, is this is almost um, best principles, best in class uh, best practices, but now it seems like it's going to get amplified over the next month or so. Any What are your thoughts on that mm.
1: look I, I um I feel like we we have this tool set in front of us that we need to use better. Um, we, we need to focus on staying connected to people. And, um, you know, we have telephones, we have video conferencing, we have some very powerful tools that we're often not using to their uh, the greatest uh, extent. And um, uh, so, you know, I, I think we really need to dig in. We need to recognize that in most of our businesses, the the people connections are very strong. Uh, you know, we have clients, we have prospects, we have people we help, we have friends, we have partners, we have all these folks. And I think we need to really focus on how do we uh, consolidate those relationships and how do we help people? I mean, how do we, and how do we use social networks to help people? Because I, I really firmly believe that if we look at this crisis, I mean, there are some really terrible things that are happening and may happen and, we, and we're going to have some maybe some severe restrictions placed on us that we're going to have to deal with. There's also huge opportunities that always come in these kinds of crises. There's more time available. There's more, you know, we're, we're being forced externally to look at maybe different ways of doing things. And I think it really would be a missed opportunity if we didn't examine our business practice and say, what are we going to do with, our, with our, some of our resources and our energy and our time if we're not going to... Conferences. We're not going to sales shows. We're not going. You know, we're not having as many face to face meetings or on. We don't have to
0: drive across town to the client meeting. That twenty minutes of car time. What can I do to actually invest value into the client? I agree with you.
1: What can I do to enrich the community that we work in? You know, where we live, the the business communities we work in, with the relationships. You know, who who's struggling, who needs help. How can we help our clients? How can we help uh, our general community? I mean, this is. And I think it 's a perfect mix. they really come together, so there 's a lot of huge opportunities i don 't think we should be i mean it 's a serious situation we it should is. be you know very careful and serious about the public health issues and we should be you know listening to public health um, uh, authorities and and making the right decision but i think there 's huge business opportunities in and, and this is a disruption. And we've spent years, you know, talking about disruption in financial services and fintech and in many businesses. And uh, this digital transformation is upon us now. And so let's embrace it and do it.
0: I, yeah, I, and we've never been, we've never had better tools to not, iso- not become isolated than we, than we ever have before. So it, I, I think this is going to leave us, it's going to look very, when we look back six months from now, there's going to be fundamental changes in terms of how we engage and how we operate that are now being forced upon us. And like, we have no choice. <laughs> so I'm with you on that one. So what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, LinkedIn, obviously. I think that's a clear platform. Someone wants to reach out. I, I see your content all the time. So I know you're out there and you're involved.
1: I'm on LinkedIn. I invite people to connect. I'm um, I'm on Twitter, Jay Palter. I'm uh, jpalter.ca based here in Calgary, but uh, working all over the world through social networks and uh, and a great network of folks I know in the fintech space. So Uh, Google me, find me. It's not going to be that hard. Um, And I invite the connections.
0: It sounds like you're always open for every conversation. I am open. Jay, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate your perspective and Uh, all the best. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.